Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello! Merry nearly Christmas! <laughs> um, this episode was recorded live at the Podcast Social Club back in late November. It's still quite Christmassy though. We eat Christmassy things. And the Podcast Social Club is a brilliant new festival set up by the clever heads behind the Deer Shed Festival. Um, and it was up in Thursk in Yorkshire and my guests were both local and purely by accident, both women with autism and ADHD. Bonus. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves in a bit. Our grub, you should know, came from Thursk's Thomas the Bakers and an amazing local sweet thing, swanky pants caterer called Sugar Therapy. First though, let me tell you about my next hoovering live. It's in Leicester at the Comedy Festival on the 9th of February two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I've already made it very cheap. If you Google Leicester Comedy Festival Hoovering, it comes up. But if you want it even cheaper, there are discount tickets with a code now available on my Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash the Hoovering pod, which is where you can swap any spare money you might have from as little as $2 a month uh, in exchange for podcast related presents like discount tickets to live shows and exclusive content and stuff like that. Also, I'm on tour. Well, not yet, actually. From the start of the new year, from the 6th of January uh, right through to mid-June, I'm taking my stand-up show, Hench, which got nominated for the best show at the Edinburgh Fringe this year, all around the UK, Ireland and Melbourne. And I'm adding dates all the time because it's selling really fast. All of January, I'm at the Soho Theatre in London. Um, I don't know. I'd love to have you there. If you're listening to this as the podcast comes out on the 20th or the 21st, Maybe there's someone left who you're thinking, I don't know what to get them for a present for Christmas. Get them a ticket to see me. They'll either really love it or be really shocked. <laughs> you could get it for an enemy or a friend, really. Anyway, I mean, I'm over, I'm over talking. I'm not going to dick about it anymore. Let's get into this lovely podcast. It's nearly Christmas, so let's have a Christmassy live hoovering all up. Welcome to the Hoovering Podcast live from the Podcast Social Club, the inaugural one from first. Hey, lovely to meet you, chaps. I've never been to Thursk before. Is it nice? Yes. Do you live in Thursk? Yes. Oh, some proud no's and some prouder yeses. Um, I have never been to Thursk before. First, in, first impressions are very good, though. I've spent a sort of a couple of hours here, and I think you've somehow simultaneously managed to come across Thursk as being both quaint and hard as nails. <laughs> How have you done that all at once? And also, just I had to just stand in, in your pavement on your in your market square, almost doubled up with laughter at, at this sort of very quick judgment of a place being just perfectly typified in one act. Uh, somebody has driven their mobility scooter into the doors of your co-op, <laughs> thereby smashing down all of the awnings so that no one's allowed in or out. I mean, that is it's such a gentle, violent act all at once, isn't it? But in true Thursk style. The co-op staff, rather than having a break, are standing behind a barrier they've made out of shopping trolleys to stop anybody coming in through the dangerous doors, just taking people's orders, being shouted from the pavement. 
and getting their stuff. It's like a personal shopping service, like the 70s all over again, which is also very co-op, isn't it? So it's lovely, Thirsk. It's lovely to be in you. Um, uh, my, so my, my name's Jess. This is my podcast. I've got two brilliant guests here. Please may you introduce yourself. Say, say who you are and what you are. Yes, I am Kate Fox. I'm a stand-up poet. I tend to call myself that because if you say you're a comedian who does poems, um, not many people will come and see you. Uh, <laughs> if you say you're a poet who does comedy, um, still not many people will come and see you. But at least you get arts council funding. Um, and uh, that. And I, until very recently, I lived in Thursk, here in Thursk. And people normally, and when I've said that, will say, "Ah, oh, Thursk, why there? And I would usually say because um, it's easy to leave because of the trains and the A1 and the A19. Yeah. But it has many things to uh, recommend it in itself. That's who I am. I'm uh, Bethany Black. I'm the comedian actor. I said the comedian actor. Oh, yeah. 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 She's the, she is the main one, to be fair. Yeah. She's the main one. <laughs> um, comedian, actor, writer, I suppose. I did, yeah. I've been on all sorts of stuff. I've done, uh, done a bit of telly. I did Doctor Who. She I did Doctor Who. I've got a yeah, question about that tune. later. Um, <laughs> that's the theme tune. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Um, yeah, I was in like cucumber and banana for Russell T Davies. So, yeah, uh, I don't really know what else. Oh, that's all right. There you know. we go. I can go through my it's medical diagnosis. <laughs> loads of them. Okay. Oh, right. First things first. Um, just sort of first impressions here. I want to yes. know because um, the, the people running this brilliant festival. It's a new festival. Um, uh, obviously very sort of like uh, woke on the environment and have given us our um, water to drink in a can which I'm down with yeah. but um, can I well, have you got any particular feelings about that? I'm not understanding because I thought that metal was still quite bad and that we shouldn't make things out of metal or plastic and that maybe wood would have been better that's <laughs> you want your you want your f- um, f- spring water fresh from the barrel Kate. yes that's right I like it. I don't. I don't. The, the outside texture of it makes it a little bit because it doesn't have the same sort of texture as regular cans. No, it's got, I'll so scratch it, it for the listener. To do. Yeah, shame for the people in the room. They can't. It's a nice sound. It's like a it, matte it, paint. It's isn't almost it? a moleskin type. Yeah, it's a moleskin can. Like, okay, swanky. Um, yeah, so it's confusing, but yeah. I like it. My Sorry. issues with it are, and I perhaps this is just being too big a fan of beer, beer and cider, is that we, psychologically, when I've got a can. <laughs> And then you make that noise, that opening. It's like, oh, going to have something, oh, going to... Oh, it's water. (laughs) Been cheated again. Got it. (laughs) Just water in there. Yeah, because it's the same size and shape as a Red Bull can as well, which makes it... Do you like Red Bull? I like it because it reminds me of Cowpol, and I had to be kept away from the Cowpol as a child because I'd just neck it like in shots. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I Yeah. I, I, I constantly have like all sorts of energy drinks around the house, which probably shouldn't as... Um... As, got, well, because as I've got medication for ADHD, which oh, is fair enough. Yes, absolutely. Which, which is an amphetamine in itself. So I have that, and then three cups of coffee, and then uh, I'm and then, feeling and totally comfortable about having bought you a coffee to drink during the podcast, yeah, Bethany. Absolutely. Um, Kate, as a former Thurskian. Yes. Thurskidian. That's nice. Oh, that feels. No, I like Thurskian. That's lovely. Thurskian. Um, what's Thursk like uh, to eat in? Is it a particularly sort of foodie place, or is it? No, it, it's not. The no. avocado has not come to Thursk is the important thing I would say Um, there's a lot of lovely tea rooms and coffee rooms and cafes um, and some nice pubs Um, Thursk is 
No, not it's not a gastron. It's not an experimental place. No, it's not somewhere in terms of gastronomy that Jay Rayner has been scoping out for a while and waiting to swoop on. It's not. It's not. (laughs) Fair enough. Oh, yeah, you've got to get out to the villages, yeah, have you? So are there true. sort of pubs yeah. with magic chefs out in the villages and yes. fancy restaurants yeah, in the villages? Yes. Can you shout out, Honestly, please, lovely really audience, um, a couple of villages that have got sexy food in near Thirsk? Black Swan, Ulstead with Michelin stars. Fancy pants, fancy. Hands up, people here, if you've been to the Black Swan in Ulstead with Michelin stars. <laughs> <laughs> Two people, one of whom was quite nervous about yeah. putting their hand up. Yes, everybody, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hold no. on to your bags. We, we know you three are minted now. Um, no, <laughs> that's exciting. £18,000 for a six-course taster menu. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I had it, I'd do it. It's what all my spare money goes on things to eat. Absolutely. Talking of which, let's try some of the things we've got to eat here. So, um, I have got on Kate's tip-off um, some award-winning mince pies from Thomas the Baker's, which is a local chain, apparently. Not a one-off, but lovely. I'd never heard of it. And then I've been to... Um, a place called Sugar Therapy, which was based in Harrogate and has very recently moved to Thirsk. And it's a company that captures lots of other companies. And they have it's an amazing woman called, a very kind, lovely woman called Charlotte who runs it. She runs the Harrogate Cake Company, who we've got, a, what's that called? A farmhouse fruit cake and a, a cold Yorkshire tea loaf from. Oh, nice. Um, and she also runs um, Undeniably Charlotte, which is all sort of small, posh, chilled goods. So we've got textures of chocolate bomb billionaire shortcake strawberry shortcake and a key lime and ginger pie shit the bird um okay get tasting lads um so i have already tried the textures of chocolate and it was really good and it was much lighter than i thought it was going to be and it was very creamy and um do you know what i loved everything about it but now that i'm thinking about it and trying to talk to you about it in a faintly articulate way there weren't actually that many textures <laughs> um, oh. but i didn't care i didn't okay. care it had enough textures of chocolate I mean, but it could have been called flavors of chocolate it, yeah chocolate erotica i mean as, far as anyone who's here can see it's very squishy mm. Wee, and there is a white a chocolate look. disc at the bottom though and that yeah. is textured and that's giving it a well, I've always wanted to be on MasterChef. Yeah. It's, it's giving it that little bit of bite that just underpins the lightness of the mousse. It, it did have a texture. It had a te- And it's got sort of soft chocolate on the outside and the soft mousse on the inside and then a crunchy bit of white chocolate at the bottom, but not enough to upset anyone if they don't like sickly things. Talking of which, I'm going in now it's for a piece of billionaire shortcake. It's and the sort of thing that my mum or dad would go, oh, that's very rich, you can't eat much of that. And I would then <laughs> proceed to go and eat like my body weight. In. <laughs> yeah. I have no oh, idea what you mean. Shit. I don't feel sick at all. Okay, the billionaire shortcake looks good. I like make them very messy handed. There was a warning in the blurb for this podcast that it will make the people here for the live show peckish. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. okay. I think I, you guys have been quite demure, but I'm going to sort of chuck it in like one volivon. Yeah, no, I'm doing the same. <laughs> oh, I put it in whole like it's Christmas. Yeah. Okay, no. Jesus Christ. 
That's extraordinary. Oh, my God, that's good. Mm. It's actually less sickly, I would mm. say, than a lot of billionaire shop breads, though. Yeah. Because you don't, get the, the, you don't get that big glob of caramel as the first thing. You get oh, all the God, chocolate. Yeah, the even the shortcake base of it is so... I keep saying light, but it's just like dissolves as soon as it yeah. hits the inside of your cake. It's not like those ones that you'd get, where like, they're almost like a tray bake, where you bite into it and feel your teeth hurting as you do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Have my teeth dissolved or have I managed to bite through it? Um, <laughs> I once um, sold uh, Bobby Robson a piece of uh, millionaire shortbread. Did you? This yeah, is a story we need to hear. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I used to work in a, uh, I used to run a uh, Wittard tea bar. Yeah, you did. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, are they a franchise then where you can like run your own Wittard tea bar? Well, no, this one was run through uh, Wittard uh, in Putney. They had, there was a coffee shop outside that yeah. was run by an entirely different company and they went, we can make some money out of this. Let's <gasps> uh, end their contract and set up our own. So wow. I, it was basically, it was Wittard's attempt to sort of get into the sort of high-end uh, Costa Starbucks type. Yeah. Um, Carlitos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so we ran, and so I, I, for about a year and a half, I ran this one in it was the first manager of nice. it in, in South London. And yeah, we sold all sorts of really nice cakes. We sold like tea loaves and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and during the time that I was there, I put on six and a half stone. It was fucking <laughs> <laughs> It was wonderful. I went to America for a month when I was nine and put on two stone. Yeah, it was ridiculous. When I was nine. Oh, God. Yeah, no, it was that. I had a great time. Yeah, because um, in the morning I'd come in, yeah. I'd go and bake some croissants, when and I'd s- eat most of those, and then, I'd go, <laughs> and then I'd go and get the cakes out, and I'd go and eat half of those. And, oh, no, I've just got a taste Thank you very much, I, yeah, um, It reached the point where I, like, I was off on my way to lunch, and I'd stop off at Greg's to go on my way to Burger King to make sure that I had enough energy to get there. <laughs> woman I'm surprised that... that um, um, is this where Bobby Robson bought the millionaire yeah. shortcake from? I'm surprised yeah. I don't see Bobby Robson at the Wittard's tea bar. Well, he was walking through the shopping centre. I think I don't think he'd been to Waitrose. He might well have just been to Argos, uh, for all I know. It was in a shopping centre. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he came in and I had, well, I kind of recognised who he was, but I didn't know yeah. which of the, I knew it was a football guy called Bobby who was quite old. <laughs> And, and everyone else was going, oh, and when oh, oh, you say oh, you oh, sold him a millionaire shop, yeah, did he straight up ask for one and you handed it to him? No. Or did he went, what shall I have? What and you I had have? to actually do a little bit of a pitch. What shall I have? Yeah. And I said, well, you know, obviously the mocha cake is my favourite, but I can see that you're more, you look like more of a traditionalist. If, I, if it was oh. me, I'd yeah. probably go for the millionaire shortbread as it's really nice. And he uh, did. He went for that and a cup of tea. Nice. Yeah. And did he tell you whether he was pleased with your recommendation? No. I, no. I, I, Who cares? I, I, don't care. I don't know. I was off in the lunch at that point. So I would like to know whether either of you have had to um, ever eat anything as part of your work and or how your work affects how you eat. So like if you're on the road a lot and stuff like that, etc. Or if you've ever had to eat anything yes. as part of an acting job. Yes, I have. We, yeah. we did a, uh, there's a scene in, in, um, in Bana- uh, Cucumber, it was, where we were all sat around a table eating breakfast, which, we, which was like, it was a 12-hour shooting day of us mm. sat around a table eating breakfast. And you what, learn, a fry-up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you learn very, very, very quickly, uh, not on the first take, which is usually the wide shot, 
to go and to make sure that you don't just go and load your fork up with as much stuff as you can and shove it in your mouth because you're going to have to redo that four times from each camera angle and there yeah. was like seven camera angles yeah um and i learned that le- <laughs> i learned that it's the only lesson i've ever learned through somebody else getting it wrong as well yeah oh, really <laughs> yeah who did what um Fizio, um who i can't remember the name of his character but he's mm. basically he finished the scene by going and basically eating an entire sausage oh no so we had to eat 17,000 sausages yeah, yeah. so like at the beginning, end of each scene and we did that and we did that for four hours so like every every oh. every couple of minutes he had to finish the scene by going taking a big bite out of this like essentially half of a sausage that was on the end of a fork I'm going to just ask eventually did they just have to get him a sausage spittoon Pre- well then they did, I, I, they should have done but they mm. didn't um, what after, after four hours we then called for lunch so it was um <laughs> Fantastic. But it was lovely because it was one of these things because everyone in it was had to be sort of semi-naked for quite a lot of the time right. that they were shooting. So nobody there had eaten any carbs for years. <laughs> oh, and God. So, and so there are all these little tiny skinny gay boys who were going and eating lots and lots of food and then feeling very, very sick because they tried to drop as much body fat as possible before shooting. Oh, my Wonderful. God. Tools. I, um, <laughs> my, um, I want your answer, Kate, but I just quickly before I forget, I um, realised recently in a story I don't think I've told on this podcast yet that um, subconsciously my mum can't even eat an imaginary carb um, <laughs> she, I don't think she's had a carb since about 2004 um, but she um, I mean she has I'm taking the mickey but my mm. son kept I was at my mum's and my son's four he was three then this is a few months ago and he um, came running in with like a, an empty tin and he was banging it annoying and um and then he was like, mummy, mummy, can you, uh, do you want to buy a pastry? And it's obviously, you know, an empty mm. tin. And I was like, how much? What have you got? Whatever. He's banging away about the pastries. And then he said, they're seven quid each or whatever. I was like, bloody hell. <laughs> we on an easy jet flight. Um, and then, um, anyway, I endure the game for ages. And then he's haranguing me to go, do you want to buy another pastry? And I was like, go and ask Nana. She's doing a blooming crossword. Go and ask Nana. And he goes over to my mum and says, um, Nana, do you want to buy a pastry? And um, my mum goes... Um, uh, no thank you I've just had my breakfast and I was like yeah mum I, I think it's like an imaginary game they're not real they're not real pastries it's just sort of like a play along game she was like oh of course sorry oh hello young man what have you got there uh, and, my, and my kid went I've got some pastries would you like to buy some pastries and she went no oh. yeah. <laughs> she still didn't <laughs> That's exactly the sort of thing that my mum would have done as well. Yeah. I, I, it's one of the things I love her for. <laughs> so, okay, work and eating. Well, um, I suppose a mixture of uh, perpetual disappointment and yet continuing optimism so I have this thing (laughs) where I set off for gigs and I think oh I'll have travelled a long way and they'll Mm. know this so they'll have got me some tea for when I get there I always think I don't know why I always think well it's because every now and again someone will give me a dopamine hit where I'll turn up and there will be lots of food laid out and I'm like yes yes it does happen and then I keep thinking it's going to and and it doesn't because people don't really care if you eaten or not so this is very this is the first time i think that anyone's ever promised there would be food and then there was food welcome um, to the hoovering yes, podcast yes yes <laughs> um, but then there's another thing um, so being a poet and um, people like to put on events where they have foods beginning with p so that they can go with poetry so oh, i've Christ. literally done a poetry and pizza event a poetry and pie event a poetry and pasta event a poetry and pastries event a poetry and pints event a poetry and oh, like prosecco event um i, I 
I, I think that's it. Have There's you done a poetry and pints of Prosecco event? Ah, uh, that's next. Yeah, that's, that's next. next. Yeah. That's next. Pints yes, of that's a Christmas special. Pints of paraffin. Yeah. <laughs> paraffin. paraffin. Yes. Well, that's it, because yeah, I was thinking, they don't really do that. But then I realised that there's only really uh, curry that goes with comedy, because those are the amount of comedy <laughs> oh, and curry nights that we've done. Oh, oh my, please. I remember doing a gig to, um, <laughs> going and doing a gig in the Midlands. And um, I genuinely can't remember. Where. Oh, it's called Meriden. And it's the most central town in the whole of England. Mm. It's the most furthest away. Coventry thinks it is, but it's like a rural outskirt of, mm. I say rural again, outskirt of Coventry. And it's like this middle as you can get of England as far away from any uh, coast. Yeah. Um, right next to Ashby de la Zouche. Yeah, not far from there at all. And there's weirdly loads of little, there used to be, there was a yeah. bunch of gigs around there. But anyway, doing a gig and it was in a, a sort of local community centre with an extremely elderly audience. And... Um, they said, oh, I hope you don't. When we arrived, they said, no, no bad language. Like, oh, God, you do need to give us a bit of warning for that. And, um, uh, and then they said, and we'll stop for a curry in the middle. Stopped for two and a half hours for a yeah. curry in the middle. <laughs> and uh, everybody tanked, obviously. Everybody had a terrible yeah. gig. And the headliner was a real braggy, braggart. And he kept saying, I mean, when I get on stage, you're going to see how brilliant I am. And uh, you're going to see what 13, 15 years experience looks like. And, uh, I mean, none of you have got a laugh, but just wait. I mean, you just wait and see. I mean, I'll just show you how it's done. Got up there, never been so chuffed to watch someone stink a gig out. <laughs> and in the middle of his set, he, he received from an audience member my favourite heckle I've ever heard which is when's the raffle? (laughs) (laughs) That is wonderful I love those gigs when they do that last night the gig I went to I got there and everyone was like super surprised Mm. from the organiser and everyone that the venue had gone and like they went backstage? We've got We've got donuts and there's and there's and there's chocolate and and oh, went nice. backstage and yeah and sure enough there was and uh, and everyone else was like can we can we have are we allowed, are we allowed that are we yeah. allowed because there's that old joke about comedians of uh, a comedian on death row and the executioner comes in and says uh, what would you like for your last meal and the comedian goes oh it's the food. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is it. I think you've both made the same point, but comedians are, get fed at work so rarely that our, our bar is very low yes. to be very, very chuffed. Yeah, it's it? just a lovely spend, thing, really. Because we spend really so much time in our cars yeah. or on public transport where the price of food and the, the choice that you can get is very, very low. My partner's Swedish, and she always says that, like, what is it about your, what is it about your country that if you want to buy something after 6 p.m., it has to be beige and deep fried? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point, well made. Um, All right, because actually, let's ask you this, because earlier there are hot dogs on sale here and I smelt them and I really love the smell of them, um, I think. So I want you to talk to me about um, if if there's any food which you've eaten that smelled way better or worse than it tasted in the end. Ooh. See, I'm only... It was food I didn't eat. It was food my... uh, then husband ate, which was a tripe sausage oh, in Paris, oh. which is the, the, it basically smells of we very, very strongly. Yeah, it smells and like someone's brought a um, pet ferret on a bus, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so I vicariously inhaled that and didn't eat it. Um, Did he eat it? He um, ate a little bit and... I think that was about six years ago, and he still talks about it in traumatised terms. Oh, really? <laughs> when he smells either wee or sausages. So it's oh, left God. a mark. Yes. Oh, wow. So fingers crossed quite a few times a day. Triggered. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. If he's healthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so now I have at least four sausages a day. 
<laughs> Sometimes I'm really bad hangover. I don't have a sausage until about six in the evening. Yeah. Too dear, just too I mean, I can stop any time I want, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think right now because I like I because I, I, I don't really have very much of a sense of smell. Mm. Um, right. So there's never really been anything that like because I I'm like the last person to know it. Also, because years of ketamine abuse um, <laughs> completely yes! destroyed. Bringing it to first. Completely destroyed. Are you ready first? <laughs> Ketamine's a drug. Yeah. <laughs> You'll know it. It's the sort of thing that they give to horses and cats. Oh, they gave it to my cat this week because he's had to. He's been ill. Medical. Uh, yeah, medical. Yeah, they didn't give it to him just for. And it was just the funniest thing watching him so excitedly running around for about five minutes and then falling asleep in his water bowl. And then, oh. and I was like, that, oh, I've never related to him more. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, and, and so strangely, like my sense of smell is almost like there's certain spectrums of, sen- of bits of my smell that I can't smell. I've never, I can't smell dog poo, for example. Get which in. Everyone goes, oh, that's brilliant. Until you realise that with in this country, with people not really taking their shoes off when they go um, to houses, yeah. the amount of people's houses I have ruined by just <gasps> tracking oh, no. dog shit through it without noticing. Um, but yeah, I, like there's certain, like I can't. There are certain things I can't. I can't smell uh, eggs. I can't smell them when they're off. So I can't. So I have not. I can't smell. Sounds them. like you can't smell terrible smells. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. But you can smell lovely. I can smell things. lovely things. Yeah, yeah. Which Cut grass and freshly baked goods. Yeah, and and also occasionally it's really it's disturbing because sometimes I can smell nice smells in the middle of things that are horrific. So going past a sewage farm, for example, there's one on the just outside the M60 as you go around uh, as you go around the ring roads outside Manchester. Yeah. As you go past the Trafford Centre, there's a sewage treatment works there. And this podcast about eating always comes back to shit, <laughs> yeah. and it never takes time, long. It doesn't. But well, every single time we go past that, no matter who it is that I'm with, they're always like, "Oh God, this smells awful," and I, and I can only smell. There's a there's sort of like a nice sweet smell that's in the middle of that that is completely divorced from the rest of it, and I'm like. Smells quite wow. nice around here. It's almost it's, like a superpower, but yeah, we could use you to settle arguments about whether something does smell good or bad. Because there's people that love the smell of like nail varnish, other people yeah. that hate it. If you can smell if I it, can smell it. It's clearly it's, it's good. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, end yeah. of end of debate. <laughs> but yeah, so there's yeah, there's quite a few of those that I just genuinely like have absolutely no idea. So yeah, so it's really difficult to tell if I've had many foods that have. Well, a lot of things have smelt better than I they taste. I think. I think for me, I enjoy the idea of a thing some quite often more than the thing itself. Mm-hmm. And I just think things smell it. I think things like hot dogs, chips with vinegar and salt, sm- fish and chip shops smell incredible. And then it does taste incredible too. But it the the it's the anticipation, isn't it? It's like, oh, God. I'm a bit much for you, Thursk. I can sense it. <laughs> I think you can all agree I'm having fun. When the ketamine comes and the avocado <laughs> is too Thursk, we'll be okay. Mmm. <laughs> delicious. Kate, have you ever had a patch of time where you ate the same thing every day? <laughs> uh, yes. Quite often, I would get into a little food loop. Okay. Um, so, and actually, I'd forgotten about them. So, the millionaire shortcake. There was a time where I was working in radio um, in Middlesbrough, and I would go to Boots every day. And um, these little routines just start once. Um, you once have a nice lunch, and your day goes better because of the lunch. So, I think it was a tuna and cucumber wrap and a millionaire shortcake, and I had that then every day for about two months. Brilliant. Um, and I'm I'm often in little food loops. They are very reassuring yeah. things. 
Yeah. Yes. What a lovely way of putting it as well. Yeah, and then that's sort of, yes. and it's, it sort of takes the permanency out of it as well. Like, I kind of feel like whenever I'm asking that question, there will come a time where someone goes, well, there was when I was in prison. Uh, Actually, I think prisons have more varied menus. Yeah, they probably do than than yeah. 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 I'd have have thought so. Yeah, Yeah. because yeah, like that absolutely ties it. Because I'm autistic as well, and um, and it's yeah, and so I will have the same thing every day for like six months at a time. Um, There was a fantastic. My partner's autistic as well, and more often than not, what happens is we both end up in the same food loop at the same time. That we well, it's at least that's sort of practical. Yeah, that at some point one of us will go, (laughs) oh, should we like there was about two years ago what um my partner went oh i really fancy sushi and i went yeah all right let's get sushi and then we had sushi every night for like six months <laughs> and genuinely just every single day yeah and i reached the point at one point where i was like do you know what i don't think i'm ever going to eat anything for my lunch other than uh tesco uh, beans and vegetarian sausages on toast with a square of a cheese single on it for my lunch so i ended up just putting a photograph of that, that up every day on on my twitter account going oh no lunchtime Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Truman yeah. Show. I've just come out of a Marks and Spencer haddock chowder loop, which I called my <laughs> fish soup loop, um, and I would still be in it, but they don't seem to do the haddock chowder anymore in oh, winter. Oh, that's a, that is there's something quite how. Have you? Mm. I, don't, I get quite an emotional reaction where you get yeah. a little bit addicted mm. to s- yes. someone's product yes. and yeah. then they discontinue it. Yeah, or they change the recipe on it and that's the thing. Oh, very upsetting. Oh, yes. After 30 years, Tesco have changed the recipe on their vegetarian burgers and they're awful now. And, and I was ready to go down and burn down some of their shops. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously for legal reasons, I did not at all and the one that burned down in Leventune where I used to live on three separate occasions <laughs> was nothing, nothing to do with me <laughs> it's the most flammable Tesco's in the UK it's burned down three times and they don't even have a bakery which is just <laughs> well in reassuring news for you Bethany yeah. Kate's told us they've got quite varied menus in prison now ah good oh. um, <laughs> um, Beth you were, you were in Doctor Who we've already yep. mentioned that both of you what do you think's the most either futuristic or ancient thing you've ever eaten Oh, Ecky Thumps, futuristic. Ecky Thumps. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I love that. I'm feeling so I'm you're thinking. I think the most talk about this that I've I eaten. I think the most ancient thing that I've eaten oh. is I had lutefisk when I went over to visit. Say that again. I had lutefisk when I went over Lutfisk. to visit. Lutefisk. Yeah, when I went over to Sweden to visit Santa's family, which is one of these things that occasionally crops up on like shows where they're going, "What is the most horrific food on the planet? What is, is this the food? So- fish? Is it it's fish fermented in a tin? fish? Yeah, fermented tin. fish. Tin that's been yeah." And fish that's been fermented in its own juices in a tin that smells like uh, apparently worse oh, than course. anything on the planet. Smell it. And have you um, ever had a durian fruit? Uh, no, but I do know. Yeah, that's the one that smelled like yeah. a cor- human corpse. Human corpse. Cor- yeah, yeah. Warm human. It was horrific. Oof, oh. And it stayed on me and in my nostrils and in the rooms I'd taken it into. Oh, God. I, I brought it to into a. Restaurant. <laughs> well, that's for a chef to cut it up and prepare for us to taste it, but it didn't taste. It. I mean, it tasted disgusting, but it wasn't anywhere near as disgusting as. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, that was. Just, uh, I so mean, you couldn't smell it. Tell me how the other people around you who could smell it were reacting. Well, they were all Swedish, so they were all just like, "Well, this is part of our history. Oh, this is, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. you know, this is this is par for the course. This is." But do you think that's sort of belligerent? Patriotism, <laughs> or is it? Do you just genuinely? You don't smell things, do you? Culturally, you don't smell Culturally, things. Culturally, you don't. Apparently, you don't um, in Japan, uh, if, if you if you're travelling in Japan 
and you're newly arrived, we, uh, or, or me, a uh, uh, Caucasian English woman, I don't want to like that, sounds too tiny. It's European. European. <laughs> yeah. Uh, smell of dairy. Yeah. Like really stink of dairy. Mm-hmm. So, but I, so I guess Sorry. you just completely shift your olfactory reaction depending on just yeah, what you're exposed of, well, like to you and what you probably, what you probably, what you, your mum had when she was pregnant, yeah. what you had. Well, it's yeah. also like when you're a kid and you know you go around to your friends' houses and they smell weird and you go back to your house yeah. and you go, why does their house smell weird and our house doesn't smell of anything? And it's, and it's that. It's like my, my friend Millie, who was, I can remember, is very sort of like middle-class North London girl mm. who went, why does everyone else have an accent except me? <laughs> and she was in her 20s when she said that, which made it even better. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Extraordinary. But tell me what it tasted like. Um, it tasted, it was, yeah, it was like salty fish. It was like, it was like anchovies turned up to a thousand. It was. Ooh, I like the sound of that. I yeah. want to try that. Anchovy, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you could just do it with a peg on your nose. <laughs> yes. Well, I had, um, I thought I was getting an ancient food. And probably as I describe it, many of you will be able to spot the flaw in, in uh, the ancientness. Um, so I was in Finland on a poetry trip and our host who had a lovely little house in the woods with snow everywhere and a sauna as part of the house, um, he put onto the boil of the big stove that powered the sauna, um, he started putting in the pot um, uh, tin tomatoes and lots of vegetables and salmon and mango and it smelled amazing mango Mango, yes this is you spotted the bit that I had because I was like ooh is this this is some sort of you know old Finnish recipe to keep you warm on the winter's nights that's been passed down Mm -hmm. through the centuries in Finland um isn't it? And he was like, no, no, this is from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it was. Because the mango is not native to Finland, is it? (laughs) Do either of you have a thing that you eat in a particularly ritualistic fashion? (laughs) I love that you have because I feel like since because I'm autistic too, and I love that you've got a two-thirds autistic show. I don't know if you yeah no absolutely accidental um, actually. um, Ritualistic is a a thing. Um, I've not done this for quite a long time though. I used to with Mars bars, um, so I would carefully take off all the outside chocolate of the Mars bar and then um, disentangle the nugget and the caramelly bit and then I would roll the caramelly bit into a little ball and the nuggety bit into a little ball and I'd have eaten the chocolate. Is this then, a Mars bar or a Snickers? Uh, 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 Mars bar. Uh, it would work with Snickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although not as well because yeah, you no, have not thing. Snickers. You no. can't do it with Sorry, Snickers. sorry, my No, can't. 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 no can't. I know. You can't. Not in the same way. Um, and then I would slowly eat the caramel which would have gone very satisfyingly hard although still a bit sticky and then the nugget which would take a long time also bourbons in milk Mm, bourbons in milk so you simply put about 10 bourbons into a glass of milk and you allow them to soak for about um, about a minute and a half and then you bit by bit pick out you know the hard bit in the middle of the bourbon it's still hard especially Does it stay intact? Yes, yes because the milk is cold and so it helps it stay um, yeah it stays intact It's like a sarcophagus Yes, yeah. yes that's right <laughs> Yes, exactly and what's happening is the outside of the bourbon is peeling away and you've put enough bourbons in the half pint glass yeah. of milk um, it won't work if it's a pint because you'd have to dig too far down um, that eventually so you're 
you're eating the 10 individual middles of the bourbons, <gasps> what you now have is a glass of milk with a lot of bourbon sediment. You, there's various ways the you can look on Jess's face right yes. now. Um, it's like someone who's seen the face of God. Yes. <laughs> yes. You what? drink the milk and then there's the sediment and you, you could drink the sediment. You might need a teaspoon for the bourbon sediment, but it is good. And I didn't know until now how much I needed to share this with the world. <laughs> I think it deserves a round of applause. Also, I think what you might have just done there, Kate, is revolutionise how we spark interest in um, children in schools in geology. Yes. There were so many technical turns there. We just needed to sort of try and involve a sort of plate tectonic. And and we would have sort of covered all the main geology terms in that as well. I felt like I sounded like I was being um, doing racist, doing your own accent at you. Uh, oh, I did not. I did think you <laughs> um, went a bit But it's because there. my geology teacher at school was called Noel Donnelly, and he did talk like that. <laughs> also, he had the most enormous hands, and we called him penis fingers. <laughs> just to bring the tone back to my own level. Um, Kate, you educated me before the podcast had begun. I've just tried the fruit cake. If either of you have, it's really nice. Yeah, it's really good. It's fruit super cake. like a, a oh, I don't know how to say it. Like it's super full of fruit. Yeah. And in the, <laughs> it's like the fruit is ser- it's like one in one out on the old blooming dried fruit front in there. It's surprising. Everything's going to be absolutely regular for the next couple of weeks for me. Um, and I'm not, I, do you know what? I can take it or leave it like a dense fruit cake, but yeah. they, it is delicious and it's really yeah. nicely, delicately spiced and stuff. But you were saying, Kate, that you would have that with a savoury cheese up here. cheese, of course. Of course. And the room, of course, agrees with me. And we're, and, and we're already going, why is there no cheese? We would have Wensleydale, we would have cheddar, we would have Cheshire, we would have a, a hard white cheese. But not a blood of van. No. Got a solid. Oh, it's my favourite no. word in your accent, sir. No. <laughs> um, no. I. Well, that makes perfect sense. Cheese yeah. goes. You know, those those oh. hard cheeses go really nicely with apples or grapes or other oh. sweet things, sweet mm. chutneys. So why oh. wouldn't you have it yeah. with a with a not actually that sweet fruit? It's, it's one of the most beautiful oh. things of having a, a partner who's not from the UK of discovering all of the things that seem weird to outsiders. Yeah. One of the things that I really really love about it because when last Christmas my mum had made a fruit cake for me and she was like oh I've got you and having a bit of that with some cheese and my partner sitting there going why are all of your treats like as if you really hate yourself and don't think you should have anything good in your life (laughs) 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 you have salt and vinegar and everything as well why do you what have you got against joy (laughs) my my partner's Scottish so she's the epitome of that and we'll have uh, uh, just regularly like what do you want on your crumpet or on your toast even a jacket potato she just at one point said Nothing. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't hand you that. Yeah, no, it's it needs not. To be you something. deserve better than this yeah. life. It's horrific. Yeah. We can, we yeah. can enjoy life. Yeah, no need for this level yeah. of puritanism. Absolutely. Vegetarianism, that's what I wanted to come back to. Um, or where's your stance on that? Are you an omnivore, Kate? Oh, well, no, I've, I've recently, recently become what I'm now calling a house pescatarian. Uh, <laughs> I like this thing. Yeah, because I haven't worked out how to be pescatarian out of the house, basically. Um, right. So I don't try. Um, but also, I've just moved house to be on my own um, and I can't really cook. So I'm actually not actually a house pescatarian anymore. Does house pescatarian? 
vegetarian mean you're an omnivore outside of the yes. house, but you only you wouldn't eat meat at home. in the house. But yeah. it turns out I was actually a married house pescatarian. Right. Uh, as in, my husband made things that had fish in that I would eat in the house, yeah. and now I'm out of the house. That's not happening. So, yeah. um, and I tend not to put that down when I'm asked what my dietary requirements are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel it wouldn't make my life it's any not a rhetorical better. Question: Will I be in my house or not? Yeah. Um, well, I always just I like because I always say vegetarian whenever anyone asks. I go vegetarian because I was a vegetarian from the age of about eight. Yeah. And my parents went. Is that about um, animals dying or the? Um, I think it was part a little bit that, and I think partly it was to outdo my sister. Right. Uh, was she already a vegan? She was a vegetarian. Right. And it was like, right, okay, well, I'm going to do that as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Do it but young. I'll do it better. Uh, but I'll do it better, and I'll do it like six years younger than you. <laughs> so that, you know, no matter how long you're a vegetarian, I'll have been a vegetarian for a larger proportion of my life because I am that petty and vindictive. Um, and I was, a, and I was vegan for about ten years as well. Yeah. And um, and then when I met my current partner, she's a vegetarian who would occasion, very occasionally eat fish. Um, and I just it just became really dull having to do two meals because yeah. I'm the one who likes doing the cooking and it just became yeah. a, it became too much of a chore to do that so I went actually do you know what I'll go back to being vegetarian mm. and then um, yeah and then I started eating fish every now and again and went yeah oh, actually do you know what yeah I can do this this is absolutely fine yeah. um, but it's, it's also that thing of like because there's, there's so much with it that comes where people just seem to think it's a binary thing you know when you meet yeah. people oh I couldn't be a vegetarian because you know uh, I, I like bacon too much and well have go, it every now and again then yeah and you go yeah exactly have bacon yeah. every couple of, whenever you want it but just like other than that don't do it then uh, uh, no and you go well uh, there's your arguments fallen down hasn't it I've, um, <laughs> you I've, don't uh, know you don't want to and I'm that's not... also equally as valid if, yeah, if, yeah, absolutely. if that's why you're wanting to do it I mean I think since some people um, I think less people than realise it but so, very few people will of course thrive on absolute rules in their life mm. but I think most people don't I mean uh, yeah. me certainly I, I can't I really like the idea of um just I just try and eat in a way that I care about where what, what I've eaten comes mm. from and that means I probably only eat meat two or three times a year and yeah. I want it to be really exciting and special and I want to really want to do it in the moment there have been a few times where it's been like well do you know what? it's my birthday I'm going to have we'll maybe find somewhere to go and get an extraordinary steak or whatever yeah. for the first time in a year deal with the consequences <laughs> body wise but then um, then oh I'll get God, to my yeah. birthday and be like I don't fancy it and I'm not going to have it if I don't fancy it so it's actually yeah. found easier to be like just see what you feel like on the spur of the moment and things like I don't want to rule out things like um, travelling somewhere where I've never been before and the thing that they make there. You know, going to somewhere like in Spain where, I don't know, I'm not going to not eat the meat thing that they do, that that's their speciality mm-hmm. thing there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to rule that stuff out, but it doesn't mean, I don't know. I, some people can get mm-hmm. as stressed out by the absolutism as they can by the flexibility. So yeah. tricky, I mean, for it? me, it really helps because it goes and narrows down the choices that I have to make. Because yeah. I've got ADHD and, I've, and I'm autistic. So as a result, it go, those two things, whilst they're quite often comorbid, are an absolute nightmare to have together because uh, being autistic I thrive on rules and uh, regulations yeah. and uh, and routines and having ADHD I can't stick to rules or, <laughs> or, or routines they leveled each other out so yeah, yeah. So, well, the thing that I've realised since I've been given my ADHD medication one of the best things about it is that it allows me to enjoy my autism in peace yeah fantastic talk as you said the word morbid let's ask you both um, if there was no other option and you had to eat a person would you <laughs> 
What do you mean if there's no other option? Don't well, to be, to be <laughs> well uh, yeah, I mean, read into that what you want. I've kept it purposefully vague. Like, there's no implication of how you have to get the person. Uh, it might be if you might be able to say no unless this or this or this, you know. If I see, I almost want to say, I don't know why I'm then making it a choice between these two things. If I, if it was a choice between a person or an octopus, because um, an octopus is the only thing where I have that same feeling as I imagine a lot of true vegetarians feel about um, all animals. All death. animals, yeah. Because yeah, I'm like, oh, it very upsets me that people would even eat an octopus ever, but n- nothing else upsets me. More than like a cat or a dog. Um, oh, good point. Um, about as much as a dog, okay. more than a cat. Uh, no. Um, right, that's it. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the thing with cats. You see, it's the it's the uncertainty with cats. They Dogs don't look like they're going to be delicious. To be no, fair, no, exactly. Um, octopus or person? It would have to be person, actually. Yeah. Um, and generally, <laughs> person. Careful. Yeah. I love an octopus. But they're so clever and, and they're alien and they feel all the So are some people. Oh, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. So are pigs. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that is true. Do I get to choose the person? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. It can be a yes as long as it is. Wait for a list of politicians. <laughs> I reckon Elon Musk looks quite. Oh, looks like it oh, 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 looks like he'd have quite nicely marbled flesh, I suspect. <laughs> Depending on how the climate apocalypse goes, the final ever episode of Hoovering might just be a panel of us tucking into an Elon Musk buttock. <laughs> what are your feelings on the five second rule, both of you? Oh, God, no. No. No, 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 no. On the deck, goodbye, done. Yeah, goodbye, done, over. Out, right. out of the game. Well, yeah. That's a rare answer. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Okay, uh, yeah, my floor's too dirty at the moment, so probably no. Got pets? Um, uh, uh, half a pet. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Just, <laughs> well, she's not an like octopus, we know that much. She wouldn't have done that. <laughs> not Damien. Half a dog. She's eaten half the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's preserved in formaldehyde. No, um, I, uh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, well, it depends what it was, mostly. Yeah, yeah, I probably would, but it just depends how my floor was doing. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I need to mop. I think that's fair enough. Um, have you ever eaten or stopped eating something that's genuinely cured you of a medical affliction or genuinely made you ill in a kind of perhaps surprising way? Hang on, so eating... I want to talk about, like, medical stuff and eating. So um, I spoke to somebody who had a, a, extraordinary eczema up until her teens uh-huh. who, and no, nothing a doctor was giving her ever worked and then some... Um, drank some ch- very expensive, very disgusting Chinese tea that fixed it forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, I don't know, you get people, don't you? Who j- I think a lot of... I think the reason I'm asking this is I think that 95% of the times that we're told if you cut out dairy, if you cut out carbs, if you cut out whatever, mm. if you go low GI, if you eat this superfood, it's bullshit. Yeah. So, I just want to know Do if you there know have been things. But you were saying... Yeah, the there are. There are there's a, I, I have quite a few of these, actually, because, uh, first of all, chocolate um, can depend, and it, only, it has to be chocolate rather than like chocolate bars anything yeah. that's sort of sold like that there's something in that and, I, and it's, it gives me migraines but right. not like chocolate cake not like a not, fancy mousse yeah thing. not a fancy yeah. mousse thing not having uh, hot chocolate that doesn't give me migraines but it's also combined with because uh, I'm old now sleeping at the wrong angle 
now that I'm in the now that I'm in my forties, if I have my pillows at slightly the wrong angle, I can wake up and have a headache that lasts for three days. Oh, <laughs> which no. I managed to do this morning, but fortunately I had sumatriptan, which managed to get rid of it, which managed to really help with that. Yeah. Um, but the carbs thing, I like today's really nice. I, like, I will do this, but mostly I don't. I I try to keep down as low as I possibly can partly because what? Uh, because because uh, there's one of these fantastic bullshit things that people keep t- talking about on uh, well you know if you cut out sugar then it cures your ADHD it doesn't no what happens is also there's you, sugar in so many things yeah and what happens is once you go what it does help to do if you've got the sort of addictive personality that I have yeah. and your body works in the way that mine does is it stops you getting that uh, boom and crash Right. sort of feeling yeah, 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 yeah. so as a result of that uh, if it, it helps my medication to work better right. is what it does so it, it allows my brain to be clearer yeah. so I will eat at like whenever I want I will go do you know what I actually really fancy having something that's like really sugary and I will yeah. go and do I will go and get a pizza or I will go and get like uh, you know something that's really heavy in carbs yeah. I'll go and get like some beautiful but yes, that's listening to your body I think that's that's what yeah, I which mean is, if I anything I'm desperately constantly trying to claw back to rather than overthinking things in terms of uh, you know if just it's called, it's called intuitive eating and I wang yeah. on about it on here it's so much but it's where you eat whatever you want but you try and listen to your body you notice how your body feels after after eating different things and r- roughly you eat whatever yeah. you want you eat when you want you stop yeah. when you're full if that feels nice to do you can carry on if it feels yeah. nice to carry on That's but it. you sort of just listen to how things are going and the body that leaves you with is the body that yeah. you're in because um, yeah, I tried initially it, to move away from eating carbs and the first thing that I found that was hilarious I nearly got myself killed in a road rage well, the, the incident after that, a fortnight oh, do you know what I, like after about two days I was fine but the first two days I, I realised that what I tried to do was try to match what I would have eaten in carbs only yeah. in, in, in protein oh and, peanuts yeah and oh, so I ended up just so feeling so nauseous oh. like so nauseous so dehydrated and going oh what's wrong with me and it's oh I've mistaken feeling bored for feeling hungry and that's what it is it's it's yeah. it's recognised for me it's that mindfulness sort of thing that yeah. works Find, figuring out what it is I'm feeling and why it's so useful for me to hear both of you mm. talking about that because in the last um, three or four weeks I've eaten quite a lot of carbs um, and um, lost weight and as I would say that one of my medical conditions is being overweight and I had believed very strongly that I could never lose weight if I ate carbs and have done lots of um, boom and bust who oh, I'm not having any sugar I'm not having any carbs and actually I've lost about half a stone mm. and felt okay and mm. I think I have come quite a lot closer to that intuitive eating mm. yeah um and I'm surprising myself and yeah. um actually I'm undiagnosed with the ADHD but I know full well I have it um <laughs> and um I'm, I'm well, it's that interesting thing. It's like with ADHD yeah. and with, with autism, because, again, because the two things are so comorbid, yeah, a lot yeah. of the time people, when you go, oh, when people go, oh, you're self-diagnosed, autistic, or like, anything like that, what they think is that you've gone, oh, I've done a couple of BuzzFeed quizzes, uh, as, opposed, <laughs> as opposed to the actual truth, which is often, I think I might be autistic. Let's, uh, let's engage in a three-and-a-half-year research project. Yeah, exactly, yes. yes. To try and figure out whether or not, oh, no, I am, I am, yes. 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 <laughs> the project yes. you embarked on in itself was a clue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that stuff is all 
so interesting but again with sugar I think there's um, there's just definite like everybody is going to have different sensitivities to yeah. it and different at different I have times a real, of life. I have a real sensitivity to sugar it my, turns um, out that I didn't realise my kid has a, a, a very specific sensitivity to um, stuff that's 50-50 sugar and fat especially if there's cocoa involved it doesn't yeah. always get him but it can involve a, which on a tiny you know three just turned four year old watching a complete personality change is fascinating and diabolical, mm. briefly. Yeah. Um, but it is, you know, he, he completely changes colour and he's like... He, yeah. And uh, he, we went out for pizza last night and he was good as gold. We are having a really lovely time. And then um, he had a scoop just of vanilla ice cream mm. and um, ran upstairs in the restaurant out into the pavement and just shouting at strangers in the pavement, telling them which side of a bench they could yeah. walk or not. <laughs> and he's gone maniacal. Like, it is like... Yeah. Uh, you know, and you're like, oh, you got, you know, you've got to either get tears or a fireman's lift involved, or it's going to end. It's, in it's the thing that I find with sugar is because, and again, it's it's partly the ADHD, which is comes across in the form of impulse control issues. So it's uh, which is great for being a comedian and great for certain of the the reason that I am the way I am and the things that I do in terms of my the way I make a living are entirely mm. as a result of the medical things that I've got going on. Yeah. It's my easiest way to react to those. Yeah. But it's because uh, what I find interesting is doing doing the reading into why that happens because it's yeah. the limbic system that goes and deals with stuff that's emotional that sits at the base of your brain which is the immediate stuff which gets your dopamine hit going so when you have sugar it goes and does that and if you've got ADHD the, dif- the difficulty is that, uh, the communication between your limbic system and your prefrontal cortex is kind of messed up so that it doesn't really work so you can't go and bring in the rational this is this is only now yeah mm. the long-term thinking strategies that you have and so you just end up going and repeating that action over and over again which is like the basis of, of addiction and are you saying that therefore cutting down on sugar in, um stops that communication being impeded no it just stops you from getting the uh, it, it stops you from getting that Im- immediate impulse energy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it stops you from getting that that particular um, thing from, from uh, that particular happy switch from being turned on Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum It turns out that the Grinch is real, and instead of just cancelling Christmas forever, he's also cancelling first dates, bake off, and queer eye. He's actually he's the Grinch, isn't he? Of course he is. Um, but he's agreed not to do any of that awful stuff, but only if you two, and weirdly it does have to be you two, tandem kayak up the whole of the Mississippi River. Yeah, that's right, I said up. It technically flows uphill. I know, it sounds impossible, but you do it! You're heroes! You are in that kind of like um, post-exertion, uh, hungry, high, you're allowed to shower, whatever you need to feel normal again. Um, your reward is the adulation of all people for all time for saving them from a Christmasless and um, sort of mindless but joyful, guilty, TV-less life. Um, and um, your sort of thing that you get in the moment uh, is the feast of your dreams. This is, you're correct in thinking, this is the happy, uh, it's a happy version of what would your last supper meal be? I want you to be in the happiest, hungriest possible state. Nothing has to be possible. Ethical, it's consequence-free. I want to know what your dream feast would be. What would you eat? What would you drink? And if there's a who with and where, then who with and where? And we'll do speedy answers. Oh, okay. Um, I want to check first. Beth, you're not going to eat an octopus on the feast, are you? 
Please, please. Okay, All right, then. You. I can settle to the rest of the feast, which for me has to start with bacon sandwiches, boringly, but bacon sandwiches, um, and then and then a chaser of the barbonin milk thing. Yes! Um, and then a Mars bar to keep me occupied while I think about the next bit. Uh, <laughs> Get your energy back as well. Exactly. Yes. And then a fish finger sandwich, but not fish finger like with tempura batter that someone's made with flour and stuff. No, that's not proper. Um, the bird's eye fish finger yeah. sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> Captain. Yes, um, in white bread with tomato ketchup um, and... Um, uh, Oh, Christmas pudding. Christmas pudding. Um, mm. Doesn't matter what Christmas pudding. Uh, with fresh cream. That would do me. That's all right for That's me. That's perfect. Yeah. Are, you, are you having anyone there? Uh, no, I think I would like this piece. Oh, <laughs> could I bring Leonard Cohen back yeah. from the dead? Yeah. I don't think he's I'd like Leonard Cohen very much, but oh, he could have his own thing. I'd like to have him yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. lovely. Oh, that sounds nice. I, that, yeah, I'd start off with a couple of oysters, I think. Yeah. What are you having in there? Tabasco, lemon, nothing? Tabasco. And lemon? No, just Tabasco. Oh, me too. Just Tabasco. Both. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, it must be about 10 years ago, at the Edinburgh Fringe, there, was, there were two guys that went around selling oysters out of every single day up at the Pleasance Courtyard. And I do the riskiest possible day. thing before doing a fringe run every single year, go for oysters with yeah, a few yeah. mates down in Leaf <laughs> on the, the night before your first show. Comedians rushing roulette, hoping <laughs> I won't have to do it. Um, and yeah, now for the main course, I think I would go for this, uh, for the main course and dessert. I would have the, what, the thing that I'm currently in a food loop with, yeah. which is um, Aldi. I've started doing really good halloumi burgers that you can mm. get. So I would do those in a brioche bun yeah. with uh, some homemade guacamole. So out of uh, avocado, bit of uh, Tabasco, mm. bit of lime juice, bit of mayo. Bit of cumin. Whoa. All of that on that. That'll be my main course. Who are you having there? Who am I having there? Oh. I mean, the amount that I would eat, I would like to be on my own. Yeah, that's really, absolutely I, fine. <laughs> Not I don't like eating around other people, really. Fair enough. Um, we've taken it down to the line on the time-wise. Um, thank you so much to my lovely guests. Anything you're plugging very quickly? Anything? Where can we see you? Where can we find out about your stuff? What you got going on? I've just uh, recorded an episode of a new podcast called The Naked Vet Podcast, Wee. which is Julian Norton off the Yorkshire Vet off the telly, um, and I co-hosted it, and that was fun. That's going to be on the uh, Deer Shed Podcast Social Festival events, so listen out for that. Great. Uh, nothing. Follow me on social media. I'm in the middle of writing stuff at the moment, yeah, so it's perfect. Don't, it's that horrible sort of development. And you'll toot about your gigs on your Twitter and stuff. Yeah, I you? do. Yeah, okay, yeah, perfect. I'll put links to all of that in the podcast notes. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for you guys for coming out. Please um, clap and cheer, and that'll be the end. <laughs> What a brilliant, lovely lot of conversation. Please follow those guests. Follow the Podcast Social Club, actually. It's at Podcast Social, because I'm sure they'll be back next year. And it was so good. They really looked after us. I think that po- that podcast festival is going to get bigger and bigger every year. Follow at Sugar Therapy underscore to get hold of um, the best food that we ate on the day, if you're ever Yorkshire way. And follow my guests. Uh, Beth Black is at Bethany, B-E-F-F-E-R-N-I. Black and Kate is at Kate Fox Writer.
one word on social media. The food was really amazing from Sugar Therapy. So if you are ever looking for something sweet and impressive for any occasion, I would highly recommend tapping up Charlotte at Sugar Therapy. They've got a website and everything as well. I just found them online. I think they're great. And check out Kate's new podcast too, The Naked Vet. From the looks of it, it's exactly as disgusting and sexy as it sounds. Come and see a Hoovering Live. We're in Leicester on the 9th of February at two o'clock. I've already made it cheaper than it usually is to come to a Hoovering Live, um, but I've made it even cheaper if you're my patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Hoovering Pod. And if you're a $5 and above patron, there's a secret code for you there to get a bit of even bigger discount on that uh, next Hoovering Live show. I've got some really, really cool guests, really different, interesting, maybe even a little bit funny, but also a bit arguey type of guests for the 9th of February. Bring it on. I'm on tour with my show Hench from the 6th of January to the middle of June. It's going all around. It starts in London for the whole of January um, up until uh, the 31st of January. Then it goes all around the UK, Ireland and Melbourne. I would love to see you. Please come. Uh, all the details for that are on my website jessicafosterq.com There's also a link there if you want to email me. But until then, follow us on social media at The Hoovering Pod. I'm at Jessica Q. Rate, review and subscribe. That helps other people find the podcast podcast. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. Oh, and happy Christmas. Like if you don't listen, of course, I mean, this is the last one, isn't it? Before Christmas. Oh, so it's not just a normal happy hoovering. I mean, seriously, seriously happy Christmas or festive patch of time hoovering to you, please.